Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Heidi ho neighbor. Hi guys, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. I know, tomorrow is the day and in years past it would be like manic time, right? It's like, gotta make sure I have celery and carrots and turkey and all, you know, all the stuff to cook all the stuff. And now this year, um, I think a lot of us probably aren't dealing with all of that. I'm actually cooking my very first Thanksgiving dinner. That's good. That'll be nice. Not really for anyone except my uncle who's already in my bubble and my family. My immediate family like Luna, myself, and Lee. What about Linda? Is Linda going? Nope. Linda's quarantining away from me until after Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. Well, that'll be nice. Hopefully you're not going too crazy with all the food because it's going to be a lot for just you guys. I shouldn't say it's my first one ever. Like, my mom doesn't really like to cook. And so I have done a lot of the heavy lifting for Thanksgivings prior. But I've never actually cooked a turkey. Mm. So I'm I'm the queen of, like, all the other things. But yeah. I've actually never cooked a turkey. So I'm a little bit nervous about cooking a turkey. Uh, I just know, like, defrost it cook it for a long time so I just have to do a little research on that but otherwise I'm, I'm not nervous because I'm, I've cooked all the other stuff timing is hard especially when you only have one oven well I will tell you I've brined before but I think the best way to do it is you put some herb butter under that skin that's the that's the juicy turkey ticket. Juicy turkey tickets with yeah. Ashley Heron Smith. My other podcast, Juicy Turkey Tickets. It's an entire podcast about preparing turkey, which is my <laughs> least favorite protein. So I don't actually eat turkey, which is why I've never cooked one. I just sustain myself off the sides. I don't really I don't do a ton of meat in general. Lee likes turkey and so does my uncle. So I'll probably watch some YouTube videos when I'm having some insomnia, you know. Why don't you just do a turkey breast then? Good idea, Ash. Yeah. That's what my mom's doing. I gotta do a little reading research, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. So Ash. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I don't have to cook this year because honestly, I just don't have it in me. Yeah. That almost sounded like tits and shits, but it's not. So let's no. just, let's introduce the show. We've got a great show for you guys today. Today is our gratitude episode. Yeah. We have special guests. Well, they're all special. I don't want to make anyone sound more special than the other, but. The most special guest. <laughs> we have Kara Zellis who wrote the book, Big World of Little Dude, and she's got a great giving back message as well. And then... Then we're going to have a nice little gratitude meditation by Carrie. Is that the right way to say it, Carrie? Um, Yes, my name is Carrie. That's right. No, not <laughs> your name. But like a gratitude meditation, is that... Yeah, a meditation on gratitude, yeah. There you go. So that should be interesting because I think, uh, you know, we're really trying to make both the live show and this for Thanksgiving just really about really experiencing what Thanksgiving is about because because I think this year we're kind of being forced to, you know, pull back the veil and really examine what it's about and what's going on. A lot of people aren't even going to be with family on Thanksgiving. So it's true. Putting things in perspective, really, and being yeah. able to find scope. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of those things I try to do in 2020 has gotten to me, which it's really gotten to me lately, is, wow, look at all these wonderful things that I do have to be thankful for right now. Maybe that'll help someone else. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, the the tits and the shits. Do you want to start? Sure. So I'll start with my shits. I am like next level exhausted. I'm not really sure why. I don't even have a good reason except just like life. That's Um, a good reason. I think it's a mixture of, as you know, because you saw me, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I was kind of like cracked out from the move. I was pulling really, really long days. Like I would get what would normally be like a week's worth of work done in one day. Yeah. Between podcast editing ahead of time and putting together furniture and unpacking. I mean, I basically had me and Luna unpacked and the entire house unpacked in two days, which is crazy. Really? Very, truly crazy. And then I like threw two parties and then I've just been like plugging away. Two parties? Oh, right. Your sister also. Right. Actually three parties because I had Luna's party on her real birthday with my mom and my my stepdad. I had you over with Seba and Matt for Halloween and then my sister's party this last weekend. And again, guys, don't come at me. They're like parties with like one other person. Right. I'm putting party like the most 
most loose sense of the word party as in like there's a cake. Right. Like that's what I mean by party. I'm not actually throwing any parties. Each party had a top of four people, most of them including my own family. Like, you know, <laughs> you're like the only non-family member and you're yeah. in my bubble. Anyway, so don't come at me. I'm like, I'm pretty anal about this shit. Yeah, so I think that all of like four weeks worth of crazy packing, crazy unpacking, planning parties, you know, producing podcasts and live shows. I think it just kind of caught up to me a little bit. And I did travel to see my sister for her birthday. Did not get out at any rest stops, guys. So again, don't at me. Just got in my car, drove there, <laughs> like done. Matt and I just pee on the side of the road now. Yeah, well, I have Luna's little seat thing, but I can make it four hours. I That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I just, last night I slept terribly in that I had nightmares about rats and ghosts. Not oh, rat fun. ghosts, two separate things. And we had a really bad storm and I guess power went God, out. And it was so bad, yeah, right? My whole street is closed down. A tree fell into like somebody's house. Yeah. And our power lines got all fucked up and stuff. But anyway, I guess we had like a, we have like a generator-y kind of thing. And so something surged and then the generator went on and it woke Beckett up. But it was at the exact precise time I was having a ghost dream. Huh. So when I woke up and Beckett was freaking out looking around, I thought it was a ghost. And at the <laughs> same time, Luna also woke up, I guess because her devices went off that are in her room, like her sound machine, whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, deaf a ghost because they both <laughs> woke up at the same time. I freaked out. I like woke Lee up. He's like, it's not a ghost. Stop it. You're crazy. And that's so what they call storm. bad timing. Yeah. And then I like all these rat dreams. It was just like bad. And I woke up this morning. I texted you. I woke up at five to edit the podcast and I like plugged an hour and a half worth of work in. And then I had to go back to sleep. I was like, I, can't, I feel physically ill. Yeah. So that's my shits is that run downtown USA, like just really run down. And I don't want to get sick. So I know that when the minute I start to feel it, I have to really honor that. Yeah. So that's my shits. My tits are, I have done some really good discount shopping recently. Like mm. so proud of my Tell the discounts. people they need to know. I got some Franco Sarta over the knee boots for $29. Oh. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. Heels are flat. Uh, stacked heel that kind of looks flat. Like just a little. Like, like a one incher. Yes. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. And like a beige suede. Beautiful. But over the knee for me is like, it's to my coochie pie. Yeah, it's like a thigh high. Yeah, it's a thigh high boot. Yeah. Some Puma sneakers, some Reebok sneakers. I got like a very bold yellow, gray and black plaid sweater coat. Okay. You're going to love it. It's really cool. No, it's like cool looking. By the description, it's either going to be great or it's going to be horrendous. But either way, I'm very excited. (laughs) It's actually really great. It fits really well. What else did I get? I got kind of a REI style fleece, but make it fashion Mm. like I'm a hiker. I'm visiting your camper upstate kind of thing. Yeah. Zippy. Yeah. I got a deal on an espresso machine for my uncle for his birthday. He's the one that's coming for Thanksgiving because his birthday's the day after Thanksgiving. So love that. Hundreds of dollars off things. Like, yeah. really exciting. You yeah. know, oh, and I also learned how to do my own dip nails. Oh, it happened. They turned out pretty good. Like, for the first time, there's definitely a learning curve. It's definitely, they're not easy. You have to be a person that is like good at doing nails to do it, which I yeah. am. So, for the first time, they turned out like salon worthy, I have to say, but I will. We'll definitely get better at it because That's awesome. it's not the easiest thing to do. It's not hard, but I definitely learned a lot that first time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's like a melange. That's my melange of tits and shits. <laughs> How about you? I'll start with the shits because they're going to bring the party down, but um, I'm just going through a really hard time. Just to be completely honest, I am really struggling. Um, I can't even really put my finger on what. I think 2020 has just gotten the best of me. I spent like the last four days just like basically staying in bed. I I just... I'm tired all the time, which I sleep. So I'm not really tired. It's I'm just going through something and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I'm also trying to, you know, work on our business and I'm trying to be a parent and a good wife and feed my body and feed other people and drink enough water and just function. And honestly, I'm, you know, I'm very lucky because my husband has seen that I'm struggling and he's kind of just like, it's okay. I got you, whatever you 
need. I got it. I'll take care of it. Uh, it's just been a hard time. It's been a hard time. It just 2020 has finally gotten the best of me. I realized today that a year ago, you and I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I was having the best two weeks of my career, in my career of my life. I mean, it was, we had two premieres that we were covering. I got to go to BravoCon for Scary Mommy. We got to go to the so many like movie screenings. It was just like, we were really like doing the things that I have spent so much time working for and getting paid for it. Right. And then we got fired like immediately after. Oh, the Bobby Brown thing happened. Like I got the Bobby Brown gig. It was like a hot streak. Like you're like, ooh, I'm so hot right now. No one could touch me. And then they did by being like, oh, and we're firing you. It was sort of the best of times, the worst of times for me because my grandmother was dying also when all that was going well for us. It was just a lot. And then I just remembering that and remembering how high everything was. It's just, I don't know. Struggle bust. We'll be there again. I can assure you we'll be there again in, in a different kind of way. But yeah, I think that collectively we're just tired of fighting kind of an uphill battle. Yes. And I think that's a really good way of saying it. Like, it just feels like my psyche, my soul, it's just fucking tired. It is tired of fighting. It is tired of fighting about politics. It's tired of fighting about coronavirus and why the fuck people just can't wear a goddamn mask and stay home. And, you know, in this year, I have learned that really, you know, to be 35 years old and finally realize that actually nobody can keep you safe. No. I figured that out earlier than you. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think I think a lot of people do. And I I hope you can listen to this with compassion, all of you and not in a judgmental way, because it is embarrassing as a 35 year old woman to sit here and say that. But it's true vulnerability that that's what I learned this year. And it's a hard pill to swallow. And I think I'm just tired of I'm sort of jealous that you had you lived in that beautiful oblivion for so long. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know what to tell you. That's love. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, on to the good things. You know, we bought a fixer-upper three, we've lived here for three years. And there was a lot of work that was done on our house when we first moved in. But, you know, life gets hard and it's hard to do everything and work on your house. And through this pandemic, we got our basement going. We turned our basement basically from a storage room into an office and a studio and a playroom and this multi-use room and it's it works it's great and I've been thinking for so long like the last thing we're gonna do is our bedroom and there's still so much to do but finally I was like you know what this is our retreat this is like our place where we can like enjoy and be in and feel safe and cozy and I've just I guess I really have been needing that so I bought nightstands I think I talked about this already yes this was one of your yeah it's gonna be a tit again because the nightstands are really I'm living I I'm living for these fucking nightstands. My diffuser, which I've also talked about, is on my It's nightstand. an oil diffuser, not a hair diffuser. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, like an essential oil diffuser. You know, we our TV broke a few weeks ago that was up there, which has never in the history of my life happened to me. A TV has never broken on me. Me neither, yeah. Uh, so we had to also take advantage of good discount shopping. We bought a brand new TV for the living room, moved the other one upstairs. So we have this nice big TV in our room. And it's just like, it just really feels cozy and like a resting place and I have a rug coming and you know we have all kinds of little things we're doing to just make it feel good yesterday we took a family nap in the bed together with like Sebastian and every it just it feels cozy like it's I'm happy to go up to my room at night and just feel put on my essential oils (laughs) and uh it feels good you know and this is why I'm so motivated to do these like gratitude things for Thanksgiving with our show because when everything else feels like it's fucking falling apart and it's too hard there's these little bits of light that come through even if it's just hey my room feels really fucking good right now and I feel like I just want to crawl into bed and feel cozy and watch a holiday movie which we've been doing so yeah I hope you guys can all find your little bit of happiness or a lot of it hopefully you're finding a lot of it but if not I hope you're finding your little bit. I also just have to say, not for nothing, but not to do what Gwyneth Paltrow told us to do, but we have been really productive during this quarantine. Really productive. I mean, I have been busier during this quarantine. As soon as it happened, I kind of like, I'm a a good first responder person emotionally. That's like my best work. And so I jumped right in and started doing 
teaching more yoga and meditation than I did before the pandemic. We yeah. upped our game both on the podcast and on the show. Yep. And so no wonder we're tired. I mean, we've been incredibly productive during this time and it's okay to feel that to feel the impact of that. Maybe this is our body saying we didn't, we pushed through the emotional impact of it and now we're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that that's part of it. It's like, you know, at the beginning it was like, okay, it's okay to be like upset and depressed. Remember, I'll just always think back on you texting me and being like, my mom just said that her neighbor got picked up by an ambulance in a hazmat suit. And I was like, I can't, do not text me this. (laughs) You know, and at that time it was like, it was okay. And now it's kind of like, we all are supposed to be acclimated and, you know, it's just tiring. It's exhausting. I think I'm just, I'm exhausted. Uh, it's hard for me to believe anyone isn't exhausted after this year. And I really hope some miraculous switch happens on, uh, at 1201 January 1st, but I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm going to keep holding out hope that it does. Guys, all I have to say is if there's time at the end of this episode, I think we might also need a little hot goss. I know. I was just reading that. I have a couple good hot gosses. So, all right. Do you want to open with a hot goss? Yeah, let's open with a couple hot gosses. A little, a little tits and shits hot goss because really what we love is hot goss. Kelly Ripa has been acting erratic this whole year. First of all, it was like Ryan Seacrest was off the show, then he was on the show. She's had a lot of host, co-host issues from when Michael Strahan left and she didn't know it and got like a, a bigger deal. And Ryan Seacrest had that stroke like on air that he is not admitted to having. Which he fully had. Right. And evidently she has been acting hyper and extra erratic on the show. She's been like flashing a lot of leg and acting bizarrely. And uh, viewers and fans and staff have been like enough is enough like what is up with you and your I don't behavior. watch it have you do you watch it uh, my mom tapes it I haven't watched it recently but I'm gonna have to check in because now that maybe she's doing it because viewership is down because now I'm going to watch yeah. let me tell you I'm, I'm gonna DVR tomorrow's episode just to like get a little feel for things now I have a little bit of a personal relationship with both Kelly and Mark Consuelos because when I was on the soap opera I was on with them oh they had not given me a dressing room yet and Kelly had just gone on maternity leave and was doing all the stuff with Regis before she officially became a co-host. And she gave me her dressing room. She offered me her dressing room because she was taking like a little leave of from her scenes and stuff to do the show, uh, Regis's show. And she had adjoining dressing rooms with Mark with through a door. Like, you know how hotel rooms have like a door that you can like go back and forth. And she was really lovely to me. Honestly, she's like, oh, we wear the same size shoe. Wear any of my shoes. Feel free. Here's some mixtapes. Like she was really lovely lovely and I had her dressing room and I had a bunch of scenes with Mark and they were really lovely. Now that was pre her getting her own show. I have heard from other people that her behavior and stuff after she kind of like shot like a rocket out of hell changed. But I really have to say that everything I know from her before that point was lovely. And Mark is just a little tiny, beautiful nugget of a man and just like adorable and funny. She was a guest on Martha and my interaction with her was she was very nice. Yeah. I mean, I do think she needs to eat a sandwich for sure. Like a couple sandwiches. But I do have to say she was lovely to me. Yeah. But you know what I have to say? Anxiety, from my experience, I don't know if she has anxiety. Anxiety makes you do crazy shit. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have anxiety? And I kind of act manic and like hyper when I'm not really dealing with all my stress. So I can see why that would be an issue. It's just more apparent. You know, I don't know what her issue is, but I am interested in watching because, you know, we love the hot goss. I know. Oh my God. I can't wait to see this. Two, Britney Spears is getting her dad out which we talked about last hot goss, out of the conservatorship is not happening. The judge denied it. The dad is still going to be her conservator. And she is refusing to do any more performances. Like she was going to be working on a new album shortly, actually. She is refusing to perform while her dad is her conservator. And I don't blame her because he is like doing all the money shit. And what they're saying there being like all the podcasts and intel sources I have are that her lawyers are actually good and that they are kind of orchestrating this maybe in a way that doesn't look as, what's the word I'm looking for? Apparent from the out. Well, doesn't look as apparent from the outside, but is actually pretty calculated. Hmm. And without her performing, there's ways to kind of get around her conservatorship. And this might be the way to get out of it. Interesting. uh, Is to not have any money coming in. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Also, um, when we were talking about the Kardashians, when we had a deep dish hot goss Kardashians were over them kind of episode, we forgot to mention that Khloe, 
Chloe thinks that masks give you coronavirus. Oh, no, Courtney. Sorry, Courtney. She said, I think it's cancer, not coronavirus. Cancer. We forgot to mention probably the hottest of all the goss, which is the most bullshit thing ever, which is that she thinks that masks give you cancer. I know. Thought about that. I think it's because it came out that day and then we like forgot to write it down because afterwards I was like, God damn it, we forgot to talk about Courtney and how she hates masks. Like, All of them are off their fucking rockers. Also, supposedly, Scott is dating Lisa Renner's daughter. Uh, Who? Lisa Renner? Yeah, so supposedly he's dating Lisa Renner's daughter. I don't know which one. The dark-haired one. He really likes them young. I mean, he's 40, he's like gonna be 40 years old. She's like 18. It's pretty gross, but. And then two last bits of hot goss. One is not even hot. It's just hot to me. And the other one is just devastating to me. I don't know why I'm so invested. Is that... Jason Sudeikis, 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 and Olivia Wilde broke up, which I don't know why that hurts me so much. I don't know why I'm so invested in that. I don't really understand that at all because they're both on their second marriages. She was married to a prince before Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis was apparently very, very um, religious and wasn't getting out of his first marriage because somebody was trying to set me up with him. That's why I know this. So... I don't really understand that at all. I do like the TV show House a lot, so maybe that's why I'm invested. And but then she was on for like two seasons. I know. I love she's that She's a show. good director, though. I think she, I like all, like the projects she's taken on. And then the other one, which is not so hot, Goss, it happened a long time ago, but I, I got the story wrong, which is the woman who wrote I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the true crime book that then helped get the Golden State Killer. The woman that was married to Patton Oswalt? Correct. So she, I had, she had died right before the book came out and like, literally yeah. two weeks before they found the guy and she was instrumental in finding helping find him yeah I had thought she died of like cancer or yeah she died of a accidental overdose wow really I just found this out I don't know why I didn't know this because you know I'm like all that stuff I'm really into I've read her book her blog yeah she was having nightmares and uh took anti and, and wasn't sleeping because of all her research that she was doing on terrible murders like she was not understandably yeah so she died of an accidental mix of like Zoloft or Valium or something um propofol or no fentanyl and and like a glass of wine oh that's so sad all of which was prescribed to her oh that's so sad that's so much oh that's so sad so sad I didn't know who she was before all of this happened just because it's not really like my scene it's way more your scene but I've always known who Patton Oswalt was and I just remember how devastated he was and it I thought wow that's so heartbreaking that this man lost his wife and he like so clearly is in love with her god that's even worse I know I guess she had kind of like a heart condition that they didn't know about and that led to her that that kind of accidental overdose death oh my god. being specifically pre- predicated you know um her having a predilection for it or whatever and then Patton Oswald 16 months after just remarried to a woman that kind of looks just like her who's an actor yeah. girl who's an actress yeah, but, and they're kind of giving him a hard time about it I'm like come on, don't give the man a hard time. He's got a daughter. You know, it's like, I don't even know. Anyway. And some people just need companionship. Like, I think I need companionship and I understand that. Like, you don't, you don't know. You don't, you can't judge someone on that. Right. But also, Courtney Kardashian thinks uh, face masks cause cancer. So let's get back to that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Our next guest is New York City mom, Cara Zellis, and she has this amazing social enterprise called Big World of Little Dude, which is addressing some of the effects of daycare closures and preschool-aged children who have been disproportionately affected with little to no resources to help them engage at home. What it is, is it's seeking to help parents navigate stressful times, and her curriculum can be accessed by parents across the country. And this fall, she's expanding her give back to more agencies and nonprofits across the U.S. Welcome to the show and thank you so much. You're in Australia and you came out to join us at like the butt crack of dawn as I like to say. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat to both of you today. As soon as we heard your story and kind of what you're doing and what you're working towards, we were basically like, yeah, we definitely need to have her on the show because it's just uh, very inspiring. We opened the show talking of, I talked about how I feel like it's just been 
too much. You know, like 2020 has finally gotten to me and it's just been too much. And I'm very inspired to hear about somebody who is working beyond themselves and really trying to make a difference in the world when I can barely find the time to brush my teeth some days. So my lack of caffeine today and my lack of sleep gave you the longest winded intro ever. So why don't you do a better job and tell me a little bit about yourself and what inspired Big World of Little Dude? Big World of Little Dude is based um, and inspired by a real dog called Little Dude, who happens to be our dog. And he gave us this unrelenting love and kindness. And I wanted to take that feeling that he gave us of kindness and love to other people. So we trained together to be a a therapy dog team with the Good Dog Foundation. And we've been volunteering with them for seven to eight years now. And we go to schools and hospitals and pediatric ICU and we do dog therapy. And it was from this experience that I thought, wow, just the idea of giving kindness and being kind to others in your community and what feeling that gives both the giver of kindness and the receiver of kindness. Um, And it also opened up my eyes to a whole new world of people who are suffering that we don't see day to day. And so at the same time, I was also teaching at a school in New York and I started to bring the dog into the classroom. The reaction I got from the children and sharing the story, that is what inspired me to start writing a book about Little Dude and being kind. So that's the essence of Big World of Little Dude is being kind to others. And then and I realized that there isn't really a curriculum in the classroom to teach social and emotional skills in a very explicit way to our young children. Like what is kindness? What is empathy? Why do we respect each other? Our feelings, like we teach how letters, we teach numbers, we teach art, we teach so many things, but wouldn't it be great to have in the curriculum a social and emotional component where we teach our kids these really important foundational building blocks at a young age? And so that's what inspired me to write a book series and a curriculum that went along with those book series. One of the other things that you're doing with the curriculum is tell us a little bit about that, because the charitable aspect of that is really just so beautiful. Sure. When the pandemic hit, I have a four year old daughter at home and obviously schools were closed and it was panic amongst all my friends with young children about what are we going to do with these kids at home? And my daughter's school doesn't believe in technology. So there was no connection. So I decided to write a homeschool curriculum and do it with my daughter. And it really kept me focused in a very unsettling time because I was like, okay, I've got to get this curriculum out. And I sold it. I like pre-sold it to schools. And so I had no choice. I had to, I said, I'm writing the six week curriculum and then people bought into it. And so I, I I had to do it and it really helped me focus during such an unsettling time and also gave me a chance to connect with my daughter. And then over the summer, I rewrote it and I then decided to create School in a Box, which is all the materials that go along with the curriculum. And it's very turnkey, very simple to understand. It's not long-winded lesson plans. It's very simple to follow lessons. Everything is hands-on, low technology. And then from my experience, experience of volunteering with the Good Dog Foundation, which obviously stopped when the pandemic hit. I just kept thinking of these children that I visited at ACS, which is child services. And this is where children are taken when they are not safe in their home. And um, it's like a holding place for children before they're either returned to their home or they're fostered to another family. And children as young as one day old can be taken here. Wow. And it's amazing that we have in New York City this service and they do an amazing job there to take care of these children. But at the end of the day, it's not their home. And I kept looking at these children and thinking about my own children uh, because there was really young kids there. And I I just kept thinking, I can't imagine my children going to sleep in this place. in in a room that's not theirs, surrounded by other children that they don't know, with adults that they don't know. And then I also had a chance to like see what materials and what 
they had access to. And it's not amazing. It's pretty basic. So I decided that I really wanted to give the curriculum and the school in the box because it comes with all those materials to the people that work there so they can use it with the children that are there. This box is for children aged three to seven. And so I donated the boxes and that's kind of where it came from. It was like, how can I help? Because I feel like a lot of the community can have access to buying a curriculum or doing pods, which is amazing. And not to take away from the stress that a lot of families are facing, including myself, about having kids at home. But a lot of kids and families don't have access to a computer, to internet, to food, to shelter, let alone worrying about the education. So I really yeah. wanted to do my best to try and fill that gap, even if it has a small effect, even if it's just for one family or 10 kids. That's um, my way of helping during this very stressful time. I'm a yoga teacher and something I talk a lot about with my yoga students is one of the best ways to get out of kind of a, a depressive mind state is when we're depressed, everything is really insular. It's all about you and how you're feeling. And one of the best ways to kind of get yourself out of that mindset is to do something for somebody else like a kind deed because it, it takes the focus off of you and out into the world with others and the helping quality of helping someone else almost does even more good for you than it does for the other person just in your mind body spirit and just the same with gratitude which I'll talk about later in the podcast anytime I do volunteering it centers me back to any problem that I have is not really a problem in the grand scheme of life it, it really gives me perspective plug yourself all your things. Tell the people where they can find you, please. Sure. So parents in need of guidance and support with their children who are aged three to seven should go to worldoflittledo.com, browse through our program, purchase our curriculum. And if you use the promo code BEKIND at checkout, you will get 10% off anything in the shop. There's books that can be downloaded for as eBooks or bought physical books. And I have toys and of course the curriculum and school in a box, which is all the material materials that you'll need. And we're also really proud of our buy one, give one program where folks can buy a materials kit for one of the children in child protective services. Yeah, we hope that everyone stays safe and sane during these crazy times. Um, and little dude, and we are here to spread love and share kindness with all. Follow us at World of Little Dude on Instagram. And I'm just also really proud Hey Mama member. And I'm thrilled to be sharing my journey with you and the community. We must stick together to strengthen ourselves and each other. Thank you so much for having me on today. So we're mixing it up today and we're going to do hashtag swag bag before we do our final segment, which is a gratitude meditation. I almost said medication. Gratitude meditation. Eh, whatever works. Hashtag swag bag. Do you want to go first, Ashley? What's your hashtag swag bag? Uh, what is my hashtag swag bag? Do you have one ready to go? I would probably say um, my Revel dip nails. Mm. And please don't come at me with how much chemicals are in them. I get it. I'm a lady that gets a gel manicure. I know. I'm from New Jersey. Okay? I know. Carrie only cares about those things when it's convenient to her. Okay? People? Yes. Okay? So don't get at me. I have had some sort of fake nail since I was a child. I don't, they're not fake now, but I am a lady who really likes having her nails done. And in fact, my mental health depends on it. One of my main OCD triggers is uh, fingernails and toenails being neatly shaped and clipped and painted. So um, what helps me is to have a manicure that lasts a long time or else it just makes my OCD worse. We all have our things, man. I know, that's my thing. So I decided to try the Revel brand dip nail because my sister had done it and she highly recommended it. And I have to say, it looks pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And they have lots of different colors and it's not it's not terribly easy, but it's not terribly hard either. But I think it's going to get me through this pandemic since I'm not really going to get manis and petties. I think this shit's going to stay on for two weeks and then I'll, you know, we'll have to see how well I do with the labor intensity of it. I did it when I had the weekend away from my kid with my sister, but I'm really enjoying it. So Revel Nail, I can send you a link. Is that weird? No, no, I don't think that's weird at all. I'm going to do my aromatherapy diffuser. <laughs> 
Got it. I can't believe this is you. I know. I can't either. If you watch the live show and you listen to the podcast and you know I have fucking gone on and on about how aromatherapy is like making my life right now. But truly, I just, if this stupid little thing is what makes me feel good, I'm not going to fight it. It has some color choices in the lights and it just makes my day. It really does. Obviously, we're linking to it in our show notes, but I really think it's great. I For Christmas, anyone who needs a Christmas gift idea, get me a nice essential oil. All I have are like a couple of nice ones, but mostly the cheap ones that came with it. Who are you? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't known who I am for months. Who knows? Anyway, let's meditate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just ahead of time, there is no right or wrong way to meditate. I just want everyone to get that in their mind. I'm the least likely person to meditate. If you saw me, you would understand. Uh, It took me a really long time to really get the hang of it. And so I just say, if this meditation doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean you just can't meditate. Finding the right instructor or finding the right program to get you into it really helps. And then after you're kind of into that kind of thing, usually it's a little bit easier to like any of them, so to speak. But I'm a picky bitch. So even now, I don't even like all of them. If you fall asleep, that's okay. That means your body was tired and it needed sleep. Meditation usually gives you what your body needs. Sometimes that's moments of open space in your mind. Sometimes that's just time where your mind can hop from thing to thing without obsessing on anything or getting stuck on any one thing. And sometimes it's a nap. Um, So just know that if you're attempting to do it, you're doing it right. Find some place that's comfy. You can sit down. You can lay down. You don't have to sit in like a rigid like meditation Buddha stance. Just somewhere where you're comfy. You're the only person who's ever said that to me, by the way. Every time someone tries to get me to meditate, they're like, you need to sit and you have to sit up straight. And it's like, well, then you know what? I don't fucking like meditating, okay? And then before you close your eyes, just kind of look around. Again, it's you want your body to have a message of safety. So look around, see what's around you so that when you close your eyes, you have a sense of where you are in space and breathe. There's no right or wrong way to breathe here. I just want you to pay attention to your breath. So by that, I mean just follow the journey of the inhale. Follow the journey of the exhale. Notice how it feels to breathe, what parts of your body, what muscles change as the inhale comes into your body. And then what parts of your body, your muscles, your bones change as the exhale leaves you. And then maybe just endeavor to take a little bit more time to draw in your inhale. And take a little bit more time to allow the exhale to leave you. And just do that for a couple rounds of breath. So some kind of brain candy is that there's only two systems in the body that are both voluntary and involuntary. Blinking, right? You'll blink even if you don't think about it. If you're in a coma, you can blink. But you can also blink on purpose. Breath is the same way. You'll breathe even if you're not thinking about it. But you can also control your breath. So two ways, two hacks into the mind-body connection are the movement of your eyes and your breath. You could breathe fast and breathe yourself into a panic attack, and I don't recommend that. And you also can kind of dart your eyes around and also kind of feel panicky or shifty. And so the opposite is also true. So the longer you allow the inhale and the exhale to take, the calmer you are. And the more soft, focused, or single-focused your gaze is, and that could mean if your eyes are open, your eyes are half-masked, gently looking at just one thing, one point, or maybe it means your eyes are closed. But even if your eyes are closed, try not to have them darting around behind your eyelids. And we'll do a body scan, so relax your skull, Relax your forehead. Relax your eyes and their sockets. Soften your cheeks. Relax your jaw. Let the tongue heavy itself in your mouth. 
Let the center of the chest dissolve. Heavy your elbows. Relax your hands. Soften your belly. Heavy your tailbone. Soften the hip crease. Relax your thighs. Relax your calves. And relax your feet. And just come back to paying attention to the journey of the breath, elongating the inhale and elongating the exhale. Then I want you to just scan your mind for a moment. No judgment. So mindfulness, uh, kind of a working definition of mindfulness, is paying attention to the present moment on purpose without judgment. What I want for you to do is just scan your mind and just see what's on the top of it, like what's taking up the most real estate, and don't judge it. Just kind of call it out like, hey, I see you. Okay, I see you. It's all right. And then maybe scan your body and do the same thing. So whatever is like crying out the loudest to you, maybe it's your cranky hips, maybe it's your your hunger, maybe it's your knee that can't stop shifting, or maybe you feel like itchy or something. Don't judge it like now I'm a bad meditator because I'm itching. But just notice it, kind of call it out. Hey, I see you. I see you, itchy, everything. I see you, leg that hurts. And then go back to that breath. And so let's talk about gratitude for a second. I don't know if any of you have ever waited till last call at a bar to look around to see who you wanted to make out with. But I'll tell you, it's probably not the best pickings. (laughs) Going into your life without gratitude is like waiting till last call to figure out who you want to go home with. Or for those of you that like a less crass description. It's like going to the grocery store hungry. You don't always make the best decisions. When we bring a sense of gratitude into our life, it's like picking at the beginning of the night who you want to go home with. When the bar is still full of non-wasted people, going to the grocery store when you're full and you're doing your best to stay on your list. When we come from a place of abundance, and gratitude, we only bring things into our life that are going to increase that. We don't bring in things that are going to diminish how we're already feeling good. And so I want for you to just for a moment, and Ashley, normally I would not ask my students to say it out loud, but for the purpose of this podcast, if you feel comfortable, you can say your things out loud. But I want you to think of something in your life that you're grateful for that's really dumb, that's really superficial, that isn't a big thing. We don't have to start with being grateful for world peace or being grateful for the health of our family. I'll start off, we'll take a couple of breaths in silence. I'm grateful for flavored coffee. I really like a terrible flavored coffee. Ashley? I am grateful for Amazon Prime and the ability to get anything within two days and not have to leave my house. I'm grateful for croutons because they make me feel like I'm not on a diet. I'm grateful for cheese. I just really like it. I'm grateful for cuticle clippers because clipping your cuticles with a regular clipper does not turn out well. I'm grateful for my oil diffuser. It makes things smell good, and I really like good smells. So now I just want you to sit with those kind of silly, maybe even kind of funny things that you're grateful for. And I just want you to feel, again, that same scan. Scan your mind. Scan your body. And notice if there was a shift. And it's okay if there wasn't. That's okay. 
to see if there is any subtle change. Again, gratitude is contagious. So the more that we start off small and silly, thinking about things we're grateful for, it's like our vision expands to other things that we're also grateful for and eventually builds itself into things that we're grateful for that are a little bit bigger. So let's expand that a little bit. So again, sit with your breath, sit with your silence, which I know sounds scary. Maybe let's dig a little bit deeper with the gratitude, expand the vision. We don't have to go now to the biggest thing, but just expand it a little bit. I'm grateful that I have kind of an open face that makes people want to talk to me and makes me approachable. I'm grateful for my family and their support. I'm grateful that I live in a place that is beautiful, that I can look out and find beauty pretty much everywhere. I'm grateful for cable and streaming services because they entertain me and allow me to watch things that make me take my mind off of things. I'm grateful for medication that allows me to get out of my spiral where I can't really see anything beyond myself. Amen, sister. I'm grateful for my dog because she's so filled with love and all she wants to do is hug all day long. And so now just sit and breathe again. Go back to just feeling your breath, elongating the inhale and elongating the exhale. And mindfully, again, check back in. Do you feel any different? It's okay if the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is no. And then let's dig down a little bit deeper. And I want you to think about something that's inside you that you're grateful for. So maybe it's a quality that you've worked really hard at. Maybe it's something that you were just born with, but it's something that you really love about yourself and that you're very proud of yourself and you're very grateful for, but it exists within you. It's not outside of yourself. I'm grateful for having a very strong sense of self and being able to find humor in most things and make people laugh. I try to make the best of every situation and try to be happy and find the party in in everything. So let's take a big inhale through our nose and an exhale out your mouth. So just stay with your eyes closed. Something that I just suggest, and it's hard for me to remember too. I'm not, I'm not saying that because I know how to do this, I still I do this all the time. It's a reminder. But when you wake up in the morning, instead of coming from a place of lack, try to come from a place of abundance. Try not to pick who you're going to go home with at last call. <laughs> And you can do it in a really stupid way. Like in the morning, instead of waking up and having like one of the first thoughts, for example, be, oh shit, I only got four hours of sleep. Even if that's what you feel inside, try to flip the script in your mind and think, I got three hours of sleep. Fuck yeah, better than two. It sounds really stupid, but try to reframe the way that you are thinking and speaking to yourself from coming from a place of abundance. So instead of being like, we're out of milk, oh, I'm going to try black coffee. And this sounds super hokey. But try it for one day and notice how it's contagious. All of a sudden, instead of moving from a place of not having enough, of not being special, of not getting what you want, of always being the person that has all these bad things happen, you start to reframe the way you think 
and you start to move from a place of gratitude and abundance. And life is better when you move from that place. You feel more fulfilled and you make decisions that are only going to bring your life to a better place instead of continuing to have you feel the way you feel now or to make you feel worse. So again, take a big inhale through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. Scan your mind. Notice what's taking up the most space in your mind. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's something different. But mindfully call it out. Hey, I see you. Cool, cool, cool. Scan your body. Notice what's taking up the most real estate or shouting the loudest in your body. And again, without judgment, just kind of say, I see you, I hear you. Like you're speaking to yourself like you're a toddler. I see you, I'll get you in a moment, thank you. And then when you're ready, with your eyes still closed, just start to slowly wiggle your fingers and your toes. Maybe lull your head around, kind of making little gentle circles. And your exit out of your uh, meditation is almost as important as the meditation itself. You don't want to just like open up your eyes and snap back to the present moment. It's almost like you want to keep this cozy blanket of meditation on you, even as you come into the present moment. So just start to slowly open your eyes little by little, letting a little bit of light in, soft focus gaze kind of half-masked eyes, keeping your breath steady and full. And then just start to open your eyes a little bit more, bring a little bit more of the room into your vision, a little bit more of light and focus. But see if you can keep just like this subtle film of the meditation still on you, even as you come into the present moment. I hope you found that useful and you don't have to do that gratitude thing with a meditation. Like you can just wake up and start your day kind of reframing the way that you're looking at things. And I highly suggest trying to do that. And if you want to meditate, great. But even just kind of like reframing your viewpoint, as cheesy as it sounds, it really, it actually really does help. We love you guys. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.